This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, first of all, I want to give a warm welcome to all the new listeners we've seen come to the show in the last week or so. You all are in for a treat because I've got two phenomenal guests on this fine Friday to break down the big stories of the week from stagnating population growth to the gas price war playing out in Greenwood Village and maybe a street corner near you. And of course, our wins and fails of the week. Today is Friday, November 17th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the state that is still buying less and less weed. Westward reported this week that sales have now hit a seven-year low. That's pre-Trump levels of cannabis consumption, Denver. Pre-Trump. Pre-Trump levels of weed. Um, wow. Which maybe is a problem. I don't know. It's not is because it? of me. All right. You're doing your part? I'm doing my part. Okay? <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> Thank you. In. Thank you for uh, your service, It's not for Joshua. lack of supply, right? I mean, uh, no, they no. They seem to be everywhere. I think people are just smoking less weed. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's Friday. We're at the 5280 Magazine Studios. Bree is still out. Um, I have two great guests today. You've heard their voices. We have a returning favorite. He's a stand-up comic and the co-chair of the Denver American Indian Commission. Welcome back, Joshua Emerson. Oh, uh, so happy to be here. Uh, I miss you, Bree. Uh, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you here? Uh, I hope you get better. <laughs> she's okay. She's okay. I heard actually she's feeling a lot better. She, she's going to be back tomorrow. So uh, Monday. She's going to be back on Monday. I hope. Um, I'd have learned not to make promises in this business. Anything could happen. Um, but Joshua, this is two Fridays in a row on the show. I wanted to ask you, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Let's just check in. Uh, you know what? I, I smell better this week. All right. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. True. Absolutely. Thank you for like your... Rosebud, what did you smell like last week? Uh, 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 sweat and motivation. Okay. Again, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, when you eat motivation, you smell like motivation. Okay. That's how that works. That's just science right there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, our Joshua Ernie Science Correspondent. Thanks. Thanks for coming back on the show. Um, and uh, joining us uh, on CityCast Denver for the very first time, uh, the reporter behind what is soon to be Nine News' biggest feature. Oh, yes. Steve Steve on your side. Welcome to the show, Steve Stager. Thank you so much. I've spent so much time hoping for my own brand, and now I'm getting one. You at got Channel it. 9. I know it's wild. I think it's a really great fit, too. By the way, the subject matter and mm. and your reporting. I don't know. Tell us about the new thing. Tell us. I've about just Steve always been. An, I've been a nerd, and uh, you know, I'm a. I, I, I'm an aspiring father. I have a baby coming in March. Uh, we just bought a house, and so I figured, what's the best time to talk about consumer issues? It's probably now, mm. uh, and so. I've always enjoyed solving problems for people, like when they reach out. Those are some of my favorite stories, especially when you can, you know, call a company and somebody's having trouble and you could just say, hey, I'm with the news. And all of a sudden the problem gets solved. Mm -hmm. um, but I also like trying to figure out ways that other people can avoid those problems. And so that's what we're going to try to do with Steve on your side. Hmm. Also, and, uh, I smell like uh, <laughs> dashed dreams. That's the that's what I smell like this morning. In case you're wondering. That's what Great. you put in your hair. Glad, yeah. glad, we're, doing yeah. the, glad we're doing the smell check. <laughs> Listeners, this is clearly clearly what you're here for. Uh -huh. um, you know, Steve, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you about before we get to our uh, our, uh, our topic of the week here. You're a hockey guy like me. I am. Um, when we talked to Mayor Mike Johnston on the show maybe a month ago now, um, he revealed that when he was a college hockey player, he was a goalie. Um, wow. And I thought... 
that's really weird. And then Bree, after the interview, was like, why did you call the mayor weird for being a goalie? Oh, goalies are super strange. Explain, I remember explain. playing I remember playing roller hockey as a kid. And goalies would be the ones who'd walk into the rink. And if anything touched the parking lot on the way to the rink, like if any of their pads, anything like that, hit the ground, they would have to walk back to the car and then walk back. <laughs> and they're some of the most superstitious, yes. odd people. But they get the job done. They get the job done. Not as much as I would like, but they they do sometimes get the job done. Yeah. But yeah, goalies, always weird. It's just a thing people should know about. Yes. And the fact that our mayor was a goalie is like, that's that's meaningful for reasons I don't quite understand. But also, if you think about it, if you set yourself up for like bad expectations your entire career, you're perfect for politics, right? Like the goalies, a good point. goalies are so used to taking the blame for everything. And so maybe it <laughs> makes you a good politician because you're just ready for it. You know, it's coming like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, that's I, on point. I love that. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have a goalie than a goon. You know what I mean? Like as a mayor, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm happy Mikey J. Mikey J is a, is a weird, uh, weird dude uh, already. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever talked to him, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> well, I just, I just think he's, I just, I mean, he's a tall guy like you, and uh, and the way he talks, it's it doesn't stop. There's just so much. He's a fast talker. He has, he's well, a fast talker, but so much information too. You yes. know what I mean? Very and then, dense. And then it's all like like you could like read it back and like this uh, reads like an essay. You know, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's just not a normal thing to do. You also have to be incredibly flexible to be in politics, and oh, that's yeah. something goalies are by nature. Also very true. Yeah. yeah. I knew you'd have a good answer for See? that. That was a great oh, answer. Yeah. I love that. Um, anyway, so go back and listen to that interview with the mayor we did a few weeks ago. You can hear all about this, hear that fast talk that we're talking about. Um, interesting guy, our mayor. Uh, ooh, one more thing before we get to our, uh, our top story here, uh, some business. We're working on something very special for next week and listeners, we need your help. Um, so here's the ask. What about Denver are you grateful for this year? Um, this is for our big pre-Thanksgiving show and we just want to make the most like heartwarming, affirming, like warm hug of an episode. And I think... I think each of us probably has that thing that we're, we're grateful for about our city this year. Something's going great, or maybe just something in your neighborhood that's going well. Um, so call into the, the Denver Gratitude Hotline. That's 720-500-5418. Again, leave us a voicemail. Send us a text to the Denver Gratitude Hotline at 720-500-5418. All right, uh, let's do this. This this story is such a doozy. So, so nationally, this is the context. Nationally, gas prices are dropping. But there might be nowhere where they've dropped faster than one street corner in Greenwood Village. Very mysterious things are happening. Steve, you've been on this story morning, noon, and night. Yes, uh, on Twitter, because it fascinates me. I, so I live in that area. I live yes. in the Centennial side, mm -hmm. uh, and about a mile away from this gas station. And I watched, and I begrudged when Quick Trip was moving in, because mm -hmm. I, I was really excited. They've been doing a lot of work in that area. I was hoping they were going to build something cool mm -hmm. where people could hang out. And I'm like, oh, it's a gas station. But then Quick Trip opens, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, the gas prices along that corridor plummet, hmm. led by Quick Trip. Hmm. I, I mean, it started in the you know gas around everywhere was about three eighty. Quick Trip was selling it around three bucks. The next thing you know, it's hmm. less than that two seventy, two twenty, until last weekend, it gets down to a buck seventy two. Incredible! And, and Quick Trip and Mobile on the corner, mobile right at the corner of I-25 and Arapahoe Road, just to the west side of Arapahoe Road, is they're they're in a they're in a like a knockdown drag out. They're both selling, you know, one's at 172, one's at 174. They're they're beating each other by a cent every single day. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this happening? Right? Because yeah. 
I didn't know the economics of a gas station. I am not the smartest person when it comes to that. I'm mm-hmm. a bike guy. I, you know, sure. you see me on Twitter. If you follow me, I'm not like a like a gas price guy that doesn't really, you know. I'm, it's I'm not, not part of your life. No, I'm not paying attention to it yeah. all that much. I paid a lot of attention to this. And so I start deep diving on that. How can they sell gas that cheap when everyone else is selling? I mean, there's a, there's a Conoco around the corner at Dry Creek and, and um, Yosemite that's selling gas for 380 well, they're they're in the they're below two bucks hmm. on Arapaho Road. Like, how is that possible? And we find out through the course of talking to people mm-hmm. that gas stations sometimes are just willing to take a loss on gas to try to get you inside. Uh, mm. And that's into the convenience store by yeah, the they, snacks because that's where they make their money. Higher margins. Fun fact: Did you know gas stations make some of the most money? The, their highest margins are on the air machine. So if you need to go fill your tires. I had, no, I, I had idea. no idea about this. That's uh, not a big surprise, though, because it's like, there's uh, what's the maintenance cost on an air machine, you know? Yeah, and then, it's nothing. And then you have, it was 125 for per tire. I mean, get out and of here. And air is free. And I mean, it's, yeah, there's an endless <laughs> supply, almost endless. I mean, uh, depending on where you're at, I yeah, think, you know true. what I mean? Yeah, if you go to, I, I can buy air down here on 16th Street for tourists, you know? Yeah. So it's it's not always free, mm-hmm. I don't think. I, I mean, that's the biggest difference. The biggest difference is uh, between like Quick Trip and uh, any other gas station is when you do go in side. There's a stronger customer service culture. Um, they are very data analytics driven. So in terms of what they're offering on the inside is always going to be well stocked as well as it looks pretty. Um, their drink station is better than any other drink station in the country. And then they also have their own sort of foods uh, set up in terms of like you can go get uh, something quick to eat that's better than normal gas station food. You get like a hot sandwich? Yeah, you can get a hot sandwich. You can get the pizzas. Their big thing, um, they do a lot mm. of quick pizzas. Um, and, but then they have like, uh, yeah, just a whole menu of different things, like uh, with like ice creams and, and uh, all that stuff. I should I should let the listener know. I worked for Quick Trip for uh, two years down in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and, and down in Tucson. So I, I, I've drunk the Kool Aid uh, when it comes to this. <laughs> when I, we're talking about this beforehand, <laughs> he's asking me if it's a generation. What was it? Generation one, generation two? Yeah, Gen two or Gen three? You know, and I was just curious. Like, like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I could go ask the people inside. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's just one of those things where Quick Trip is vertically integrated. They own their own refineries in Oklahoma. So they're, really? yeah. So they um, are uh, selling their own gas so they can sell their gas at a loss. It's exactly oh. what you're saying. They're trying to get people inside the store um, so that they, that's where the real money's made. That, that's been the market, uh, that's been the model for CNG stores for forever. It's been mostly uh, cigarettes and like chips and soda and, and stuff. Hmm. But now cigarette consumption has gone down and it's, it's really moved towards food, quick food that you can do. And you'll see that at Starbucks and other places. That's why so many places are offering food that are, are quick and easy to go. I, I, my economics professor always told me that if you really wanted to understand how markets work, energy is what you need to look at. And this is this is a great example uh, of that. The, the gasoline, more or less, is the exact same product, whether you buy it from Conoco or you buy it from Quick Trip. And so people are going to be very sensitive to price. And if they're sensitive to price, they're going to come inside and get whatever else they're going to get um, that they normally do at a gas station trip. And hmm. so, hmm. Well, um, I want to bring in a little bit more context here. Uh, so as I was researching this last night, I was talking to my wife and uh, she reminded me that about a year ago, her in-laws who live outside of Longmont were 
pretty upset about a quick trip moving into um, the Firestone area right yeah. off I-25 because they did the exact same thing. They did this, uh, they dropped the price, they undercut the competition, and now there's these four gas stations, I think it's exit 119, mm -hmm. that are all competing on the lowest price. But according to my wife, my in-laws, they're, they're hating it. Because it's so crowded, like yeah. cars lining up out into the road, people getting frustrated, screaming at each other. Are you are you seeing that in there, Greenwood Village? There was a, we're not seeing that yet. I was surprised okay. that we you see a little bit of a line, right? You know, each pump might have an extra car behind it, but there hasn't been a crazy line. I think people do realize that when you're looking at cheap gas prices, that driving to get cheap gas <laughs> isn't necessarily <laughs> economical. Mm -hmm. um, I hope they do at least, right? Mm -hmm. You know. It's lucky for me because it's a my it's the closest gas station to my house. So I'm lucking out, but I probably wouldn't drive, you know, 15 miles to go get gas at a gas station that's cheaper than all the gas stations near me because you're going to, you know, blow a gallon of gas. Yeah. Um but but I will say that gas station, that quick trip at the Firestone exit during all of this, yeah. lowered its price for a few hours to 99 cents a gallon. <laughs> and I saw videos there where people were in line almost out on the highway because they were trying to get gas at it's, that quick trip. It's something. It really is something. I mean, I understand the strategy from quick trip. I mean, I think they're new to this market. They're coming in. They've, they've got, uh, I don't know, a handful of quick trips now across Colorado. And it seems like this is their playbook. They're doing yeah. it every time. Is this Was this the playbook when you were working for them in Arizona, Joshua? Yeah. Yeah. So anytime they go into a new market, um, they like to undercut prices so that you come inside the store. And then that's when you really start to see the difference. And then you want to go back to a quick trip because of what's inside the store as well. The prices are always going to be competitive. So they're going to be un undercutting them now, but they're never going to be the most expensive gas on the market, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it should it should balance back uh, at some point. But when they enter in a new market, they want people to come inside and, you know, be greeted uh, and, and a clean store, you know, it's, it's just, you know, Come inside. Well, that's that was my worry. Um, is that they're undercutting prices? They're forcing these other gas stations to compete on the price, and maybe driving them out of business. There is a Valero, literally right across Syracuse on Arapaho Road, uh, next to that Quick Trip, mm -hmm. where they were competing for a long time. Right? They were they were keeping their price right next to what whatever Quick Trip was. Mm -hmm. But when we went and did the story there, mm -hmm. I think Quick Trip was at you know 219 and they were at 289 and I went in and I talked to the manager and I said you know, you know obviously no one's at the pumps there because they're right across the street he said you know my corporate folks won't let me keep up anymore wow um, and he told me that the loss that they experienced was something like 40% inside the store 50% on gas within a week just because compared to previous weeks Holy because cow. of the fact that they would not compete with quick trip and people weren't coming in huh Huh. Well, it's, uh, I think it's time for me to reveal my secret motive for talking about this and, uh, having you on Steve. Um, there's another quick trip that's opening like six blocks from my house at Monaco and Evans. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's coming. Like, how does it start? <laughs> I, I don't How does the quick trip start? How does start? the war start? The price war start? What, what are the signs? How many gas stations are in that? I'm trying to think A of that zillion. corner. There's like oh, yeah. 10. Well, I mean, they'll open and mm -hmm. they'll open at dramatically low prices and then everybody else will try to follow. The question, though, is if other economic factors are there, does this happen, right? Because you, you said gas mm -hmm. prices nationally are going down. I think people are willing to take a loss on this now. If that is Quick Trip's model, 
Will they do it again at that location? Will they do it again? Like we were talking about this beforehand. There's a quick trip going up down the street from this quick trip, like not even a mile away on the other side of I-25, right next to a 7-Eleven. There's like a Home Depot and a whole bunch of stuff there. I've been spending way too much time in that corner because I've just bought a house. Uh, But they're putting a quick trip there. They're putting another quick trip not far. It's like a Starbucks near the other Starbucks. Like, how do they, what's the model of that? I don't understand the business model of that. I, the number one reason people go to a particular gas station is location. And so it's always going to be uh, located. And so you'll see these big, it's data analytic driven. It, you, McDonald's does it. Chick-fil-A does it. Um, everybody is how many cars are going through this particular intersection and are they separate from that particular intersection? And so if they're putting a quick trip over there, it's probably a good idea that they're doing it. They're trying to maximize on the brand maybe because it's so like right Mm. next to each other. And so that people are like, if I'm not going to this one, I'm going to that one type thing. Joshua, I love your loyalty for Quick Trip. trip, What's everybody's favorite regional gas station? I was thinking this. I don't know if Denver really has one. I don't think we do. Choice markets that are popping up now that I like. It's not really a gas station. They have electric charging stations. The one on Colfax, right? I think they're trying to be one of these kinds of places for for our area. And I wish them a lot of luck with that. Um, I like their their pre-prepared food. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. I grew up in Ohio. I don't think we had one of these either. I spent some time. I lived in central Illinois and was a reporter there for four years. And the gas station there was Casey's General Store, Mm, which are all over the Midwest. You could always call them if there was breaking news in a community, too, because the clerk would tell you, like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of cops down the street. You knew, <laughs> you knew that's where you needed to go. Uh, but they, they had pizza. Pizza was their big thing, uh, getting people inside. And it was phenomenal pizza. I'm a connoisseur of gas station food as a guy who has to spend way too much time right. live in places and you need a bathroom and didn't pack a lunch for a live shot along the side of the road on a cold day. Uh, so th- that makes sense to me. Right, absolutely. I mean, Quick Trip is like uh, just redefined what could be on a roller. You know what I mean? In terms of the roller foods, just <laughs> yeah. what can you stuff in a cylindrical tube like and then free? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Taquito. Yo, I, <laughs> the jalapeno cream and cheese is added. Uh, it's taken like three years off of my life. I would say That's in terms of one, it's though? a sacrifice. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Me and my dog, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to my dog because she loves it, and I've gotten her addicted, and it's my addiction that I've just passed along to my dog. But it is what. It it is, you know, you live with me, you're going to be eating jalapeno cream cheese taquitos. <laughs> Sorry. Can I live with you? Oh, okay. No. All right, well, when, <laughs> you're a grown man. <laughs> well, when that quick trip opens near me, I, I'm getting that jalapeno cream cheese uh, taquito. That's my first Come purchase. to my neck of the Come visit. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, if they have I'll it there, it I don't know. I haven't looked. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. also try the try the unsweetened mango tea and then like a, a little bit of lemonade. I, that's I always the Arnold Palmer's there. Like you can make the best Arnold Palmer's. There. You got more of these? These are great. I, I love know. this. The pizza, the Arnold Palmer's, the taquitos. What <laughs> yeah. else is good at Quick Trip? Uh, you know, just just good old fashioned customer service, man. All right, they they got the red shirts, the big <laughs> smiles. Uh. All right, well, this message not brought to you by Quick Trip. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it there. We're gonna go to a quick break and we'll be back. Talk about a uh, very controversial topic: population. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. 
Best part is Pine Melon offers same day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. All right, we're back. We got a real hot topic to discuss next. It's a subject I am super obsessed with, population growth or lack thereof. Um, A new report from the Denver Post on Sunday says that not only is Colorado not growing by leaps and bounds like we did during the 2000s and 2010s, but that our population growth rate has hit a record low, an all-time record low since the state was founded. Um, so this story is a bit of a brain breaker. You know, it's controversial. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, Joshua, how about you? Does this one, does this break your brain? Uh, it just makes me sad because um, like hmm. you look at what what is influencing the the lack of growth or, or, or uh, decreasing in population. It's, you know, it's housing. It's the housing shortage uh, increases in housing. I saw some other stuff in terms of uh, there's older people, you know, that had kids. The kids move out, but the older people stay in the house and now they're retired and they're not contributing to the economy, but they still live in the house because they could afford it back in 1984 and now it's worth, you know, half a million dollars. Right. And so they just stay there and that's, that's where all their wealth is, and so uh, it's I, the 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 housing shortage. It, I mean, I'm a renter, and so I'm always going to go back for renters. And it's it, it really it's really hard to live in Denver now uh, because of how expensive it is. Just. Pre- Purely with housing, a little bit with inflation, but inflation's hitting everybody, and and there's not that much of a benefit given back to me, even though I'm paying eight hundred dollars more a month uh, for the, for the place that I live than what it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 just it's just tough, and you understand why people are leaving or not coming. They can't afford to. Yeah, it's just it's just simple. It's you know money. You know housing too expensive. It's not as appealing to live here, even if even if the other stuff might be great. Um, but the controversy around this this topic, I mean, that's that's really what I want to get into. And Steve, I feel like you must have an interesting perspective on this reporting for Nine News. I'm sure you all get angry comments on all what? sides. Of no, I, I've never. I've actually, I, all my inbox is rosy. Uh, yeah. Everybody just loves Peachy me. Keen, go yeah, in there great. for a relax. Yeah. Um, but how do you how do you balance it as a reporter? How do you think about it? You know, it's so tough. Um, because we experience it in our newsroom, right? You know, like our, our uh, industry is notably like people move around, right? And you, you start a career right. and then you move somewhere else. And we have a lot of younger producers now. And I think about when I moved here 10 years ago, it'll be 10 years in March. Uh, I, I was right in the middle of that boom, right? Everyone was moving here. Now it's so hard to recruit people to move here because they don't think they're going to be able to afford to live here. That's one of the key conversations that we have when we're talking to people who want to come and work for Nine News. Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? Um, I, I, it's turning people away like crazy, and I, I, it's, it's, that's not something you really balance. I mean, that, that's a reality. Um, that, it, that it's just unaffordable, unaffordable for people to move here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joshua, what about you? The 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 natives versus transplant thing. Like, I know we've yeah. talked about the term native uh, <laughs> on the show. You know, we'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. But the this tension around natives and transplants and growth. Like, what's your take on on that part of Colorado culture? I I mean, it, 
I always get frustrated because to me, growth is an opportunity. It, it, you growth, uh, people get very scared of it because they don't like change. But growth is also leads to a lot of innovation. It makes things better. You uh, usually of as long as you're doing like smart growth. And so, the, in terms of like native versus transplant, I mean, uh, go, go kick rocks. You know what I mean? If people <laughs> want to live here. This is the United States. They can move here and they can help contribute to to what Denver is. You know. It's diversity of thought, diversity of people. That's always going to be a good thing. And and so it's different than when you were younger. Good. Okay. It wasn't like this idea that we look back and we think it was better in the past is a fallacy. And it always has been. Like we are living in the best time now uh, compared to any other, you know, 10 year chunk of period. You look back through American history mm-hmm. and and it's just one of those things where uh, we just keep changing the context. And 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 so it's just it's just one of those things where if you're going to live here, contribute, uh, make it better. And I promise you, you're going to find good in the growth. Hmm. I do hate that perspective when people think that just because you moved here from somewhere else, you can't contribute to what this state is. I I remember when I first moved here, I was checking out somewhere and I can't remember. This was back in the day. I I was checking out, I think it was like a TJ Maxx or something. And the clerk looked at my license, which at the time was an Illinois driver's license because I just moved here from Illinois to take the job. And I got this, another one. And I was, it just was the most unwelcoming mm-hmm. feeling in the world. And all I could think of is like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to represent your community. Like, this is home now. I've made this home. I care about this place. This like perception that people can't care about a place because they're from somewhere else. I've adopted your sports teams, except for, you know, the Rockies, but I've adopted your <laughs> sports teams. I mean, I sure like going to Rockies games. It's just frustrating to not see them win. Um, I, I I just that drives me nuts that perspective. Yeah. And and I think it people tend to like associate things that are bad with with transplants. They think like, oh, you know, there's trash all over the place now, like the little dog poop bags all over my hiking trail. And that's because of the transplants. No, I think there's like we've we've lost some of our common courtesy. Um and I don't think that's necessarily just people who moved here who mm. were doing that kind of stuff. Mm. That That's what always attracted me to economics is that an economy is just a bunch of people just doing things all at once. And then slowly, it's like like a bunch of birds in that flying in that formation or like a school of fish. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful to have different people mm-hmm. come here that are talented. And, and it's a beautiful place. If you love some things from old Denver, fight for it. But like, 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 like invest. And those type of things. There's a lot of old Denver still here. That's good, you know. I, 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 this stuff really bugs me. I mean, I am from Phoenix, but I am native, and the idea that you have outsiders coming in and ruining things while you're looking at me, you know, two generations ago, you were the outsider. It, it just the, the the hypocrisy and the irony there. That's lost, you know. Um, it really, <laughs> really gets my goat, you know, and so. Yeah, it's always, it, it's, well, I mean, there's a couple of ironies I just want to point out here. I mean, one, the three of us, none of us born here. I yeah, mean, right. Just yeah. between Fair the lines here, this conversation. Producer Olivia putting up four fingers, she as well. Um, but then also, the whole idea of Denver, 
you know, our economy is based on the people who supported the dreamers. You know, we're the people who sold the pickaxes to the people who came out for the gold rush mm. with that the dreams of, of, you know, those big dreams of finding gold in the mountains. Like, and we've always been that way. And I think that embracing that and, you know, taking advantage of that is like part of, part of what this place is. Like that's, that is the native transplant tension to me. You can, you can complain about it or you can embrace it and, enjoy it and take advantage of it for yourself. I also think it's based on this story. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when population growth slows oh down God. Agree and the more. impact on the economy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, maybe the growth was, was okay in the moment. I get the gripes. Like I understand sure. when people are upset. I understand going to a game at ball arena and half of the fans are from, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, I get it. That's frustrating yes. and it's annoying. But I do think that there are some benefits to it. I, I I think we need to be better about balancing keeping pieces of old Denver. I think, you know, obviously there are neighborhoods where, where growth could be a bad thing. And we need to kind of think as, you know, from a policy perspective about protecting some of these areas and making sure they don't turn into suburbia. Um, but I think growth is a wonderful thing, and I hope that the state can get this back on track. Hmm. One last element here. This, the state demographer's office has has pointed at a couple of causes um, that are resulting in this low growth rate. There's the housing costs that we've talked about, huge housing costs. There's also a drop in fertility rates um, and also uh, increasing number of deaths. Um, but I feel like Maybe there's something else on the other side. Those are like the 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 pushes for people away, but w- there's maybe not as much of a pull to Colorado. Maybe there's a different story being told about Colorado to these people in other places who are choosing not to come here anymore. Do you all do you all feel like there's a new story about Colorado being told right now? Well, I think in that same piece it talked about how we are now what the most expensive non-coastal city. Oh boy. I, I, mean, I believe it. Yeah, I believe that too. I, I think that probably turns some people away. I, I don't know. I mean, we mm. sure do an awful great job in this city of making this city seem like a very scary place when it's really not as scary <laughs> as it actually is. I, Joshua, yeah. Uh, well, one, there's uh, marijuana is legal in a bunch of places now, and so there's like there's that whole aspect of what growth happened, you know, post two thousand what seven two thousand twelve, and. Um, uh, so there's that. And then two, like I've, I've, I've seen a lot of things where, so Denver is a mountain town, but it's not in the mountains. You do have to travel to the mountains and some people yeah. like will come and be like, don't come to Denver. It's not a mountain town because, you know, you have to travel on, on I-70 to get to these places. And so I've seen that type of narrative push back in terms of like, don't come here because if you're really looking for that, you should move to Salt Lake or, you know. Montana. It, on the fertility point, I think that's super interesting because uh, I've talked to the state demographer before. And one of the things that she mentioned is that people are having kids older. Hmm. Like I'm 37. I'm about to have a baby, my mm-hmm. first kid. And I think the average age in the state right now is around my age. So I wonder if the fertility starts kind of kicking up hmm. and we start seeing more kids born. It is interesting because all of our neighborhoods are, are it, we're seeing schools closed because mm-hmm. the neighborhoods like, like, the article says are aging out and people are aging in place and staying in their homes. I think that's also part of the reason for that is there aren't many options for people when they get to that 
time of life that that aren't ba- bank breaking expensive to live somewhere else. Well, it's also is, I mean, a lot of millennials can't buy a house unless somebody dies. How are they going to have a kid? You know, like kids are one of the most expensive things you can undertake, and you sort of have to you you have this obligation to continue to pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they get mad if you don't, and so <laughs> I, do they? Yeah, I've heard. Darn uh, it! <laughs> and, and let me so, take notes on that real quick. And, and so it's just like <laughs> I I. There's, I mean, I'm a millennial. There's people that already have kids and that I like went to high school with. And there's people that I don't know if they're ever going to have kids now. They're even older, you know, just because it's they're going to buy a house first before anything. And, you know, how many millennials buy houses compared to previous generations? So. Hmm. Not as many. Um, well, uh, let's leave it there. Fascinating conversation. Um, we're going to keep talking about it because uh, it's a huge story and it touches a million other issues that are very, very important to our lives here in Denver. Uh, but right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Rocky Mountain Highs and Lows. Here we are at the end of the week. Last segment on Friday. It's time for Wins and Fails, a.k.a. Rocky Mountain Highs and Lows. So we're going to go around. Each uh, each of us is going to share a recent local something that we think is a fail, and then we're going to do the same thing with uh, with wins. Uh, next, last. Um, who wants to start? Who's got a fail? I got a fail. Uh, the DIA people mover shut down, leaving people hmm. stranded. Ah. And, and here's the thing about that. They don't really have a lot of redundancy in how they get people from terminal to terminal. And so when that train between terminals shut down, there's no way to get people to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. Phoenix, for example, they have like buses that they can like bus people in between terminals, but Denver doesn't have that. And so when the people mover shuts down, you're just like, uh, every Everybody's day is ruined. Sorry. We'll see oh you tomorrow. God. And so, yeah, there's just, you know, in the thousands of people um, just sort of stranded. I got, got late, missed flights and stuff like that. It, and it's it seems like a problem they should have solved, uh, should have had a redundancy for. And why don't they, you know? Yeah. Well, I think they're talking about it. I think they're the, this year it seems like there's been a lot of chatter from the airport folks about, like, are we going to build a bridge? Are we going to build a gondola line? Are we going to do, you know, walking paths? Or, I don't know, Steve, do you have a... Do you have a I favorite? Feel, I feel like a gondola line would. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like the train. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I also wonder what the Alan Roach and the Kim Christensen voices say when the train is broken down. I've, Kim has told me some of the things. <laughs> so, you should. Some of the things she recorded in that studio oh, are really? like you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear poor, like sweet Kim Christensen say those things. She told me all about them. Uh, but but yeah, I, I don't. I've never understood that. That's why I'm lucky because my direct flight to go see my parents is Delta. So I'm always in the A concourse and I can take the bridge oh, if yeah. I need to. But I, I think I think a lot of people look at the airport right now and all the construction there and wonder, how in the heck are they not doing something to fix that problem? Um, and hopefully they will. It sounds like they have yeah. a plan. I mean, they got ideas. They got ideas. I don't know if they have a specific plan. I, I think the obvious answer that they'll probably end up going with is the one you just mentioned, Josh, was the unsexy answer. It's buses. Right. Buses from concourse to concourse. Yeah. Not these like big sky bridges that'll cost a fortune. Just what's, like, get us a fleet of electric buses. What's so interesting is it's always a temporary problem. And so you wonder mm-hmm. like how quickly they'd be able to get the buses online before they, but you know, before the train starts working again. Well, mm-hmm. well, solve the problem when it's not a problem. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the whole point. Like, why does it take thousands of people, you know, being stranded in the, I don't know, man. I just know I've been one of those people that have been stranded before and just like the, just the general temperature of the room, everybody getting mad. You know, and yeah, I hate that. So, mm. all right, uh, Steve, you wanna 
You want to give us a fail? I had such a hard time with this because, you know, <laughs> I love watching things fumble, uh, especially on social media. But I have, I, I, I was thinking about it. I asked the room yesterday as I was leaving, has anybody had like a massive loss this week? You know, like the Polis glass breaking thing was last week. So I feel mm -hmm. like I can't use that. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the Broncos kicker. Uh, who, okay. who missed the first and then got the second opportunity. On like Monday the night. first was a fail. Yeah, that, I, was, that was a fail for sure. I mean, he did get it. Definitely, he did get it. He definitely did get a, it. a fail for betters, you know what I mean? That took the took the Kansas City line. <laughs> yeah. Know, so. yeah. For um, uh, Buffalo. The Buffalo, Buffalo line, Buffalo. yeah. I feel like the Broncos are turning into a bit of a win here. Uh, they're, they're surging right now. I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself get cautiously optimistic about nah, the team again. Scared to say that. Josh was like, absolutely not. No. No. <laughs> They'll disappoint. Right. I mean, I, I grew up in Detroit, so I, I grew up a Lions fan, and I know that when you think things are going well, things will always be terrible at some point. <laughs> maybe not Maybe not for the Lions this year, but I, I am used to disappointment, which mm -hmm. is why, which should make me a Rockies fan. I, I kind of am, but whatever. All right, all right. Um, I'll go next. Uh, my fail this week goes to uh, the anonymous major donor who uh, reportedly pulled their support from the annual Daddy Bruce Thanksgiving Feed a Family event, which is happening this Saturday. Uh, that leaves the organizers of this annual event that's been going for, I think, 60 years now, about $300,000 short, according to CBS Colorado. They're trying to feed 5,000 people, and they say they really need help right now. So you can donate money. You can go volunteer to, to pack up food baskets on Saturday. Um, I'll put links in the show notes. But, uh, but yeah, major fail. I don't know what happened with that major donor pulling out. It seems like a really big thing, and uh, this is an important tradition here in Denver. Um, if you've never heard of it or been a part of it, like definitely look into this and maybe go check it out and, and be a part of it. But um, troubling, troubling development. I mean, they could use just someone, some miracle person coming through or, or m lots of small donations. I know, I believe we raised money on Next at some point to help them this year, hmm. um, but trying to get uh, through word of thanks, but, but trying to get there with this little time is scary. Yeah. And that is such an important part of that community. Yeah. I hate thinking about um, families going hungry on Thanksgiving yeah. because of this. Just, just hard. So that's my fail. Um, all right, let's do, let's do Rocky Mountain highs. Wins, wins of the week. Yeah, this one was hard for me. Uh, but I, yeah, <laughs> you had the, I had a hard time with the fail. You had a hard time with the win. Exactly. Maybe this is because uh, I'm depressed. But uh, this one's actually hard for me to say right now. Uh, oh, the, no. the, the Nuggets are nine and two, uh, and uh, and they they look good last night. They beat the Clippers. Uh, they they look like they haven't lost a step since their championship season. And I'm really scared of the Nuggets. I'm, for the for the for the listeners, I'm I'm a huge Suns fan, Absolutely. and so so it's hard for me to to admit. Yeah. But it's yeah. I, Jokic looked fantastic last night, nine and two. Um, it's it's they're good. They're yeah. very good. It's a very good basketball team. He's also getting funnier as the season goes on. <laughs> like I yeah. cannot get enough of Nikola Jokic at the podium. He's, he's always been funny. Same. Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like this year he's just on a different level. Like like he's, he's the basketball things figured out now. Like the the stand up comedy uh, during the press oh, conference yeah. <laughs> when that photographer fell out of her chair. And that was funny. and he couldn't get over. It. I mean that was just <laughs> brilliant television. I, uh, yeah, mm. um, Joshua, as a stand up comedian yourself, uh, do you feel like Jokic is in on the joke? 
Yeah, yeah. Jokic, Jokic has won two MVPs and a championship. Like, he doesn't care anymore. Like, he's done every, Like, he's already the best nugget in history. He's brought the championship to Denver. Uh, the, he's one of the best players uh, in history. I, I Jokic is, <laughs> he's always been funny, and it's nice to see that he can just be laid back now. He's And he's still just... Really good. If you watch them, it's really fun to watch. It's so funny to see this giant toddler be slinging passes. <laughs> the way he shoots threes is ridiculous. It goes 10 feet up in the air. It's like it <laughs> defines the word palabra, you know? It, it's so – there's so much arc on that shot. I was looking around for Noah, okay? That's – all right. Is there there's anyone so, else so who looks – I was looking for Noah's arc. Yeah, that, you, okay, that was a joke. It, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Is there anyone else who looks as bad at something and is like the best that they can be? Like, I, I can't. It's he, hard. Whenever I watch him out there, I'm like, nah. I remember the first time I think I watched him in a game. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be. And and next thing you know, he puts up like a triple double. Yeah, it's it's like it's like uh, Jerome Bettis on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know what I mean? Just a yeah. giant bus of a man. The bus. I, and yeah, and just to be able to you know just put yards up, touchdowns, and nobody can stop him. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch because it is the peak of athleticism, and he has no shoulders, and yeah. so that's it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, you wanna you wanna give us a win or shall I? Yeah, I can. Uh, my win absolutely goes mm-hmm. to Ann Trujillo, who is retiring. Uh, on Thursday night, after 40 years in Denver. And Trujillo, for people who might not be familiar, is? Denver 7's main anchor. Uh, mm. She is retiring. One of the nicest people that I have ever met in television. Um, gracious, when you work for another station, you get to know people. Um, but, you know, it's not always as jovial and fun as mm. every time I've met Anne. She's one of the sweetest people um, you'll ever meet. And so congratulations to Anne on an incredible career. Give give us uh, give us your favorite Andrew Hio story. Ah, uh, I I would say I've run into her at award ceremonies, and just the time that she takes to seek me out and talk to me when I'm some schlub <laughs> from the other other television station. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just wonderful. That would be my favorite. Um, just kind of bumping into her in the field, but um, I just know everyone I work for work with who has worked with her says mm-hmm. that she is the go to person in that newsroom. Just wow. the person you want to talk to. Um, we'll always take good care of you. And she's a good ambassador for what we do. And uh, we're we're losing a big thing in mm. the Denver journalism community. Yeah, well, that, that's a yeah, that's a loss loss for viewers here, loss for loss for TV news, but a big win for her. Congratulations on a heck of a career. Her husband also is a uh, he owns a food truck uh, that does Detroit style Coney Islands, Mike's Coney's. Uh, okay. So I have yet to check them out, but supposedly they're supposed to be pretty good for What's for all those Detroit style? transplants who are here. It's like a chili, they, I think. You never had yeah. a Detroit Coney? No. no, what is that? You I don't grew know up what in that Ohio. Is. How have you not had a Coney? I didn't eat meat for a long time. Okay, that's fair. Uh, it is a like real snappy hot dog mm-hmm. um, with uh, chili. And it's like Greek chili. Hmm. So it has like a specific flavor to it that I can't put my finger on right now with Interesting. chopped hmm. onions, mustard. It's like a thing. You go to any restaurant anywhere in in, in the city there and you'll get a Coke. Yeah. Cool. I, I, cool. I just I just went to Detroit and I had one. And oh, yeah? It's normal. This is like the people who talk about In-N-Out Burger, right? Like In-N-Out Burger to me is one of the most normal things yeah, that I've ever had. Very and people normal. talk yeah, about it like it's like it's the 
god of all burgers. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's mid, as the kids say. Okay. All right. So it's my turn. Um, I'll take us home with a win. Um, I have found a really good win. Um, this is a report from the Denver Business Journal. One of Denver's biggest tech companies, um, I would say one of the clear winners of Denver's tech boom of the 2010s, a company called Ibotta, which is a, like a e-commerce like couponing company. Uh, apparently, they're preparing to go public next year at a what they're saying is uh, could be a $2 billion valuation. Um, if you're not familiar with how that stock market works and what an IPO means, that's going to be like a crap ton of money, basically. Uh -huh. They're going to mm -hmm. sell shares in their company. People are going to buy them. All that money is going to be coming to people who currently own the company, which is a lot of Denverites who are going to be making just buco, buco bucks next year if this happens. So maybe other people will move here and we can solve the population growth problem? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> sure. like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Invest in REI? I don't know. What do, what do rich Denverites buy? You know? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, but um, I, I looked at Ibotta's website. This might be interesting for, um, for folks thinking about Thanksgiving this year is they, I guess, have been doing this promotion for four years in a row now where you can get 100% cash back on purchases of Thanksgiving staples like turkey, gravy, and other like sides. So could could be interesting to check out. They must be doing something right if the, if the company is going to be going public for $2 billion valuation. It's a lot. Wow. That is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, all right, Joshua, Steve, this was so much fun. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, this was a blast. Thank you guys for having me. This is I'm a big fan of the show. Always have been. And I'm so glad I could come in. Yeah, thanks for asking me back, man. I'll see you guys later. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Natalie Rivera, and Olivia Jewell-Love. Peyton Garcia and Adrian Gonzalez write our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at CityCast Denver, and tell the cashier at Quick Trip about us next time you see him. You can sign up for our daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. That's an old radio trick, uh, the mic check. The, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Yeah. I used to start start with, uh, can you introduce yourself? And people were like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have an existential crisis. How? How? <laughs>